in relation to the pandemic, you have a heart issue. We're gonna talk about that and let everybody kind of know your story. So you can take, you can, you can get going right now. This whole thing actually started in 2000. It wasn't anything big. When I first started, I don't know where I was coming from or I bought something, I don't remember. But I remember feeling a little something around my chest, almost like I was a bit winded, something similar to that. So how old were you in 2001? Uh, I was 16. This was like the summer, so this was just before I was gonna turn 17 few months before. I didn't make anything of it because it lasted maybe five, maybe 10 seconds. So like, eh, you know, it happens. Maybe it was too hot or maybe I didn't drink enough, something like that. Long story short, I didn't know that this thing was going to affect me later on. A year after that, nothing happened. Everything was fine. I was able to go to the, you know, I was able to exercise or everything I wanted, play hockey with all you guys was, was no issue. But I was in Hungary, I remember. And there was a little like, it was like a little village. I'll never forget it. There was a girl I met there that decided, let's go jogging. It was hot, 40 was scorching. I didn't drink anything. So we just jogged around around the area, maybe for a half hour. Anyway, I didn't feel anything. That night, I remember I felt kind of tired, but I couldn't really sleep. I must have slept maybe two hours. And I'll never forget this. She said, hey, Mike, why don't you come see this? We can actually see the sunrise together. I noticed when I was with her for maybe 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it was, I, I remember feeling tired more than usual. And I told and I told her, you know what? I think I'm just going to go lay down a little bit. It's like, all right, fine. Anyway, the morning I remember my heart, had, my heart started to race. Like it was still going. Like it was almost like I just jogged. And this is in the morning. So I figured, that's nah, nothing. We're in the car going to a zoo. Next thing I know, my arm started to get numb. I actually, I think it started with my leg. It started with my leg and then it started with my arm. And I, and I figured, uh, this is kind of weird. But again, I didn't make anything of it. Next thing I know, my body starts feeling numb. Then it goes to my heart. I was like, oh, this is not good. I don't know what's happening to me right now, but I never felt like this before. And I told the guy next to me in the best way I could in Hungarian saying, get me to a, to a hospital. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, whoa. So anyway, he stopped off on the side of the road. And I remember everyone was like, well, what's, what's, what's going on with Mike? So he had to call the head of the camp uh, director. So anyway, he came and then he sent me to like a clinic. And then from there, he sent me to one of the main hospitals in a Hungarian city called Debrecen. So anyway, I was there for, I forget, two weeks or I forget how long I was there. My dad didn't know. So finally, they were able to contact my dad's friend here in Montreal. And then he was able to contact my dad there. Anyway, the second my dad found out, he raced to the hospital to see me. Yeah. He didn't even know what was going on. I thought, okay, that's a one-time thing. Then I went back to Hungary the following year. It happened again. So then my dad's like, okay, I think there's something wrong here. Like, I think it's something with your heart. It's not just a fluke. Yeah. So then I saw a cardiologist in, um, uh, here in Montreal. And then from there, he referred me to a, another cardiologist 
uh, at the Cardio Institute here in Montreal. And from there, they tested me and he even told me, he's like, this is really rare coming from a guy that's as young as you. I was like 17. It was really, it, it was something that they, they couldn't figure out. And at one point, I think it was 2002 or 2003, they were thinking of bringing me to Paris because they have like the main Cardio Institute for, yeah. for I think it's the best one in the world or the biggest one in the world, I forget. But they wanted to bring me there at one point. Uh, from 2001 to 2010, I was in the hospital nine times. That's as many times as I could remember. Nine times. Crazy, yeah. That's a yeah. lot for a young person. That's it. They even tried to look at, there was another cardiologist who tried to look at my hereditary line, seeing if anybody else got it. Like a genetic thing. That's it. And they found out it is. It's on my mom's side. I think a lot of health issues um, really can be traced back to a genetic Genetic lines, your DNA, your uh, your family history. So this was in 2004 when they tried to do the first uh, high frequency ablation, and uh, I remember it was uh, I think it was what four of you guys came to see me. Uh, myself, Mike, number three, Kent. I think Kent and Greg. Yeah, I'm not sure about Greg, but I remember Kent was there. Kent was there. You were walking around with an apron with no underwears and we were seeing your butt and you're walking up and down the hallway. Uh, the first time it didn't work. Well, what did they do? So they went in. I remember vaguely that they went in and they, they had to burn some areas of your heart. They right? did. That's it. But the thing is, when they did that, they didn't want to they didn't want to damage my heart. Right. I remember even being on the operating table. Is everything going to be OK with me? And I heard stories that it, it could affect your body and your 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 performance as a man. I tried to say that in the most polite way possible or the most um you were trying to be politically correct. You were you're just you were worried. You're like cuz it's blood flow. It has to blood flow, right? Like they did it. So I'm like is my plumbing going to be fine? And she's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. You'll be able to do your exercise and everything." I'm like, "Were they were they English uh, or are they francophone?" I think they were mostly francophone. Probably. But yeah. you speak and French. That's it. So I said, I spoke to them in French too, and they kept saying the same thing. Then I went to another nurse, same thing. She's like, don't worry about it. You'll be able uh, to go to the bathroom, no problem. I'm like, maybe maybe they understood and they were just trying not to talk about it because they didn't know and they didn't want to hurt your feelings. Oh man, then I would have left the man with all the tools, I would have taken it out and left. Well, that's why <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't want to say anything, right? So they were probably trying to be uh, really nice about it, not scare you. Because if they would have turned around and said, look, it's not going to work. You, you know, you probably would have taken everything out, cried, ran away. Everything's good. Like in that sense that you're good. So don't worry about that. Anyway, as they were operating on me, I don't think they put enough morphine. So at one point I woke up while they put these cords or these, their cameras inside of me, they had to cut my crutch and they, and they uh, inserted these plugs. I remember I woke up and it wasn't, I, I felt it. I felt them kind of like playing with my heart. And I remember telling one of the nurses, like, I, I'm having a hard time to breathe. Given, given your heart history, we can understand why you're a little bit hesitant with, uh, you know, taking the vaccine. Anybody has heart issues and particularly we're talking about Mike here. They've been dealing with stuff on you and putting cameras in you and you, you, there'd be some general concerns, right? And that was the reason why um, I wanted to get an exemption because I figured with my past experience, if I was going to have a side effect from this vaccine. And that's your personal medical history. And I think that's important. You know, we're not doctors, but your personal medical history is very important. Mike, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, you know, to talk about that and don't feel ashamed to talk about that because that's um, it's your it's your heart, it's your health. You're allowed to talk about it. And 
all this stuff's important to talk about. And there's no if there's no civil debates on discussions, bodily autonomy, then what's the point? If someone's going to tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, that's not freedom. That's not democracy, right? So I think that's the, that's the situation we're in right now where, you know, more and more people are coming out to talk about their, their, their personal history, you know, and I have my own personal history that I've talked about and people know about. And, uh, you know, I have lots of sensitivities to things and allergies unknown. And I'm still being dodged by the, um, the allergy clinic won't see me. Specific reasons that uh, we won't even get into. I went out earlier and I had, um, I went for a walk. I cleaned the stairs, I shoveled the stairs and I had a cigar. I went to the mailbox and I came out and I was enjoying my cigar. And then I finished a little bit of it before. I just went outside, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was even thinking of doing the same thing even tonight. Actually, I'm almost done uh, the Russian flavored, the, the Russian cream. Flavored. Russian cream ones. Yeah. So I think I, I think I just finished the last one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I got the honey one. So I've got a couple of, I find the honey one is um, it, it lasts longer to relight it halfway. Yeah. I, I mean, those are, these are not the high end cigars. I know there's there's a bunch of people out there that you know get the high end ones like and I've had I've had some better ones but what beverage goes best with a cigar that's actually a good question. Because, um, you know, I mean, you can have cognac, you can have bourbon, you can have uh, whiskey. I think bourbon's a good choice. I mean, rum is easy, but does rum really go with, with a cigar? Or maybe it depends on the flavor or the type of cigar. Yeah, I would think most people I know that would smoke, they would uh, drink cognac, but... Those are like the few people I know that smoked. So Cognac and know, bourbon is, I think, goes best with cigars. I'm, th I'm sticking yeah, with it. Yeah. But I got some gift cards. I'm going to go buy some one day and I'm going to go put them away. Mm. I'm even thinking, which is the best cognac you can get? Mm. That's a good question. My dad's got some good American stuff that somebody sent him uh, a couple of years back. I don't know if he's opened the bottle yet. I'm trying to think. I don't remember what the title is called. But, you know, we could we could pull a Joe Rogan and I could open up a window right here and you might hear my keyboard typing. And I'm going to look it up right now. What do we say? Best cognac? Uh, best cognac. Yeah. Best cognac. World's top 60 best high end luxury cognac brands. Wow. OK, that's a lot. God bless for the Internet. Eh? <laughs> it helps our lives so much uh okay but this is an alphabetical order i mean there's so many of them no 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 we need something simpler try to find something like a top 10 or top 13 the 13 best cognacs to drink in 2022 there we go let's let's look this up Ooh, i like the pictures already this is the best overall okay frappin chateau fontpinot xo it's from france it's got tasting notes are like dark chocolate dried fruit and caramel with herbs he keeps a bottle of this at home and he's a certified cognac educator and he's the owner of san francisco's elixir joseph ehrman i want to i want that job okay let's check out something else biscuit and de boucher from france apple pie fig caramel spiced tea about 70 bucks and i don't know if that's american we're gonna go look up the top 10 or the top 10 best-selling cognacs hey how about that these are all the top cognacs we have to go to the specialty shop saq pick up you know but they they don't sell all the good stuff in the same locations like they have the express shops and they have the specialized shops so if you go to the express shop they probably don't have like specialized things right yeah. dun, dun. like if you want like like the top stuff 
Yeah. You'd probably go to the uh, selection, which we only had, I think, one or two in the entire city. Yeah. So, All right. Let's see this one. This is top 10 cognac brands to drink. This is going back to 2018, though, so it could be dated a little bit. Cognac Gautier. Cognac Gautier has a yeah. color that looks like gold. It's made in a region of France and has an alcohol content of 40%. One of the base ingredients in the cognac is white wine. Aging takes place for two years, sometimes longer in order to get the best flavors. So that's really cool. And it's got a, like an aroma fruit smell. Imagine if we had to try all these, like we, we'd be broke because we'd have to buy a bottle of everything. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Camus Cognac Extra Elegance. Uh, is rich and golden color comes in a small bottle square uh, with a silver top 40% volume of, for alcohol content uh, they use white wine for this doesn't say where it's made it rests in a barrel for about eight years before being placed in a bottle and it's got hints of spices and vanilla I've never oh. seen this one yeah Lou, Louis Royer cognac it is known as the best cognac brand because of its extensive history and attention to detail that the Royer and Sutury families have put into their brand since they created it in 1853 they combine grapes from five different vineyards and in, in, uh, in cognac regions of France. Is all is all of the cognac from France? <laughs> this one. Pierre Ferrand cognac. It's um, like amber dark brown color. Oh, Richard Hennessy cognac. That I know. Richard Hennessy cognac is a drink with deep amber color coming in a bottle that has a design of a wave on the sides this is also from france delicate aromas are present are present when opening the bottle vanilla is very prominent and it's got like you know spices and flower smells and stuff like that now you know what we're gonna look up some canadian cognac now yeah what do you think yeah for sure you're for sure ah the bray. hey some of these that we were just talking about they're here here they're on the website i'm looking at right now you know you look up canadian and then it goes right to whiskeys canadian cognac i'm guessing out west they would oh let's just go to the scq website and check it out that's what i'm doing the uh, remy martin cognac 105 dollars for a 750 milliliter bottle <sighs> Oh, yeah. Hennessy versus Cognac, $70 for 750 milliliters. St. Remy, $29 for 750 milliliters. So you got your tears. Like a lot of a lot of the good ones are expensive. Uh, 1,140 milliliters, 42 Canadian. These are Canadian prices. Duff Gordon. Never heard of that one. Duff, Duff Gordon. Beer. Duff beer. Um, oh, yeah. Duff man. Oh, yeah. Another, oh, yeah. All right. Let's check what the sacks got. The sack, yeah, right now they're showing me a brandies because I think Quebec in Quebec they make a lot of brandies or they import a lot of French brandies. Um, searching Michel Dome La France. How come they're not showing me any cognacs? They're just showing me brandies. That's very strange. I'm on the sack website. They're showing me, uh, they're just showing brandies. Isn't that, isn't that strange? We'll figure that one out. We'll try to get, uh, it says, as of February 16th, the vaccination passport will no longer be required to access our stores. Uh, sorry, when? February 16th. We're February 21st. Oh, so that's passed. Oh, yeah. You can go right now. I think it's what, uh, March... 16th or March 15th that you're going to lift all the uh, the mandates in Quebec? Well, they're supposed to, unless they decide to uh, force us to get 20 more injections. Okay, let's check out something else. Spirit. Do you have spirit? Let's do rum. Oh, rum. I mean, there's some really good rum. Certain, there's Appleton. I know not everybody's crazy about Appleton. It's Jamaican rum, but there's certain Appleton that, that are good. There's like the, the signature, the reserve, the regular stuff. The reserve eight years is pretty good, but then Bacardi makes like Bacardi Gold, Bacardi Spice, Bacardi lemon. There's a different. There's a bunch of different bottles on. This is a Bacardi Superior, which is the white rum. There's also like the Kraken. I'm gonna try to find it. I'm scrolling down. Baron Sam D. Never had that. Captain Morgan, obviously, is standard. Captain Morgan Black. Captain Morgan Dark. I didn't know they made that many. You know, Captain Morgan's. Captain Morgan <laughs> I, Original. I, I, 
Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been the Mr. Mike Podcast, Wrong Answers Only, where sometimes we get to the wrong answer only tweets, and other times we don't. And this would be one of those times. Thank you, Mike, for uh, your input today on cognac and cigars, and also sharing your story about your heart. Tune in next time, everybody, to find out what other topics we're going to talk about, because we never really know until we do them. And if you want to follow me on social media, Mr. Mike MTL uh, on Twitter, on Getter, and also Mr. Mike MTL Poetry on Instagram. And I will see you all next